On the first episode of Flatbush Misdemeanors, we meet Dan and Kevin, best friends since middle school. Kevin has just moved back from New Orleans to Flatbush and is crashing in Dan's apartment. They're both poor as shit. Dan is a depressed teacher with a crush on one of the three vice principals in the school, and Kevin is a struggling artist who owes money to some thugs. It's Tuesday, May 25th, and you're listening to today's episode. This felt like Showtime's version of Atlanta. Yeah, and Kevin Iso, who is even one of the creators of this show, said that if Atlanta didn't exist, this show would probably have not got picked up. Every single review that I've read has basically compared this to Atlanta, and they've it's said impossible that, not to, especially the main character Kevin. He's a direct copy of like Lakeith Stanfield's character. And the creator Kevin Iso has done interviews where he seems like he's just very mellow, almost like his character. In fact, I believe that Kevin Iso and Dan Perlman, uh, they're also named Kevin and Dan in the show. Dan was talking about how the reason for that is because they're taking kind of the same identities of who they are and putting into the show. And Kevin said it was because they were actually just really lazy and didn't know didn't want to come up with different names did this seem like an amateur show such as like age of the living dead or did it seem like an actual professional it's made by showtime yeah but are you asking if it like has the uh, always sunny it's always sunny in philadelphia budget yeah no it's it's pretty well made well i mean again when i compare it to atlanta i mean even the filmmaking feels like atlanta too well this was based off of three webisodes that were made off of basically no budget that also starred kevin iso and dan perlman but it's it's really cheap to get a nice camera these days so nothing's gonna feel like super grainy well, and when, out of place. When they showed the webisodes at film festivals, like a couple of networks were interested, but Showtime. It's rough. It's it raw. Like, do you remember what was the name of the girl from um, Blue Mountain State who had her own show, Smilf or whatever? Yeah, right. yeah it feels like that type of rough uh, cut. It also feels like um, Atlanta again. It feels like any sort of New York City vibe where it, the Jeff Wilson show or yeah, John how Wilson. Yeah, How To with John Wilson. Yeah, yeah, that show, it kind of feels like that with the... Well, did too. the plot devices seem like they actually could have happened, like it was realistic? Everything was good about the episode. And I mean, just like for a pilot, the comedy was pretty decent. Up until the very end, where it kind of pulls an ex machina on you and it doesn't feel, feel very real. And it also feels like the training day um, mistake that a lot of shows like to make, which is that yeah. the bad guy... Um, lets the people go because they have some sort of connection with them that you've seen earlier on in the episode that they weren't aware of. And they almost take it directly from Training Day in this episode. Yeah, I mean, Hassan Johnson, who plays Drew, he's also been in stuff like The Wire. He did an interview, and the interviewer was bringing up Training Day a lot and kind of comparing it to this show and saying that it has similar themes. Because even though this is supposed to be a comedy show completely, it is supposed to be bringing up current issues, um, especially because that's like the main reason why they were making the webisodes in the first place. Yeah, it mentions Black Lives Matter. It mentions like city life. If you are really struggling to get by, uh, definitely the scrappy, like, I need to just get money from anywhere. I'm going to sell, like, everything that's important to me um, except my phone. But, again, at the end, it just shifts into this alter universe. Remember in Atlanta when they got shot or someone got shot at the end, I think, of the, the pilot at that gas yeah, station? Yeah, well, yeah, it happened at the beginning, that too. Felt, it happened, yeah, they, yeah, showed they showed it at the beginning, yeah. but it was the end of the episode. Right, yeah. That felt reasonably authentic because they were in the middle of the shady area downtown and there was no one around and it was like sketchy stuff can happen here. 
But this, where they were about to kill the two main characters, was in this guy's apartment building, and he was going to do it in front of his daughter, just with these two goons around. And it just felt so corny. Like, it, this wouldn't actually happen this way, and I guess that that's supposed to be the comedy aspect of it. But the comedy they did earlier on in the episode was much better when it was more subtle. This was like, you go from one extreme to the next. Like, he owes you $2,000, mm -hmm. and you're just going to put over a bag over his head and shoot him in your apartment building and just get rid of the body. This is, I don't know, it, it didn't feel real. Well, it, it, that's, I guess that fails in that respect, because this is trying to, they, the creators were saying they were trying to, like, show Brooklyn in a different light, but a lot of what I was reading was saying that the show was dark, and I was wondering, how are they trying to show Brooklyn in a different light, when you kind of see a lot of dramas or action thrillers nowadays in, like, a dark side of New York? I like what they did with Dan's character, because they made him a teacher of a struggling school that had kids that were smart but failing out because they just weren't trying. And unlike those like TV show movies or the Adrian Brody, when the teacher comes into like a rough school and shapes him up right. and like gets yeah. them all, this he can't do that. He's just good natured and he wants to help. But he's on Xanax himself for depression, and he's also poor. He just doesn't have. So you the... don't get any of those scenes where Dan pulls a kid aside and is like, "Look, if you shaping up and you really try." No, he tries to do that in it? the middle of it, and then that kid gets in a fight because this other girl stole her belt, and then they just like she sends her to the hospital, but in a funny manner because it's just like outside the classroom they get into a scrap, and then that person's belt is actually the reason why they survive later on in the so, episode. So does it go the? I mean you. You said yourself that by the end, it just gets a little ridiculous. But does it go the outlandish route? It's not the fact that it's ridiculous. It's more the fact that it just, it's such a cop out. Like all throughout the episode, Kevin is selling all this stuff so he can make the amount of money that he owes because he spilled this guy's like drugs. And in the end, they just both walk away from it. And he's like, do better in school. And we're supposed to think that Drew is sort of a funny character, the guy who's about to kill them, because he respects his kid's education. Right. And he, he, Hassan Johnson has said that his character is supposed to be very hardcore, but have a heart. Like, he's supposed to be, and that's where some of the comedy from him comes in. I was wondering if he was like a Terry Crews in that sense, where it's like you see this big guy, but really he plays a lot of soft characters. But if he's playing a drug dealer, that's probably not the case. The guy's pretty short. He's, he's nothing like Terry Crews. But the he seems also like he just wants to kill Kevin the entire episode until when we get these little captions that says, like, Drew feels bad for... Or uh, Drew really cares about his kid, kid's education. And I guess it's because they couldn't get the actor to actually show that or they were just trying to add a bit of comedy to it, but it didn't... Right, Decider was talking about how that was kind of the most piloty thing when they do their little roundup of the episodes, but w when you say captions, was it something where the character was saying something and then Chiron at the very bottom of the screen, it was showing something different, or was it like... He wasn't saying anything, character? it was when a different... When something happened, it was like, oh no, maybe the audience won't understand what's going on, we should ram it down their throats by putting up the caption and letting them know exactly what the main, what the evil villain is thinking did, did right now. Did you get now. that for different characters? No, this was only at the end, and it only popped up for Drew. Again, I think they could have made it a lot more interesting and made Drew's character even better had they come up with a different solution than the fact that his daughter just attended the school that Dan was from and that he happened to help her that day and that he happened to have the belt that she had had stolen from her that he was returning. It just seems way too convenient. And for the rest of the comedy, which was random, like the very beginning scene where you had the security guard, guard 
questioning not only the teacher, but also uh, Kevin's character because he was literally just bringing him lunch. Mm -hmm. That was pretty funny. Um, the scene at the very, very end when they're leaving the apartment complex and the same guy is at his door begging to get into his girlfriend's apartment and apologizing. That's pretty funny because we see him several times earlier doing the same exact thing. So you can see where his storyline was I think was the from. reason why they probably went that way with Kevin's storyline was... Uh, they were just trying to grasp for an audience. Well, and I yeah, get it. Yeah, it but, but for a pilot, that's acceptable. It just made it a worse pilot. So do you think... So you're saying there's definitely things they could iron out to make this show sure. better. If they concentrate more on the school aspect of it, there were some interesting kids that were there. There was also some the teacher's relationship with, again, the vice principal that he likes. It just felt like there was more of an opportunity for growth for that character there than in Kevin's storyline, which was basically him just running around trying to collect funds. And though he's an endearing character in and of himself... Like his artwork, the scene where someone comes in and sees his art and thinks it's like a professional and wants to buy it for a thousand dollars, but then it hears it's by him and like immediately loses interest. Like, I think that could turn into something. But the focus here was not on Kevin being an artist. It was about Kevin trying to make his debt up. Right. And when it comes to the artwork in the show, one thing that Kevin and Dan are very, very passionate about is they were able to use people that came from that spot in Brooklyn in the show. So people that did the artwork for that were actual artists, and including Kevin himself. Yeah. And when Kevin's on the run, like outside trying to go to George's house, his sister, um, he runs past a bunch of New Yorkers and they're all extremely rude to him. Like he misses the bus and this guy on, in a wheelchair just starts laughing at him. And he's like, what did I ever do to you? And it was so, like obviously it was in the script, but it was non-traditional humor. It was stuff you'd see in the John Wilson, like where people are just mean sometimes, <laughs> especially yeah. in the city. And so that's kind of what that was. Yeah, I think that they were also trying to be very relatable to people who were in New York. Um, could you tell that this was filmed during COVID? Uh, no, I wasn't really thinking about that too much, and I didn't see anybody wearing a mask. Well, it was, but the thing that uh, made them not want to bring it up was just the fact that COVID was a very, very dark time, they felt like, last year. So, Especially in New York, yeah. Yeah, so they decided to kind of take that out of the story, but they said that it helped them when it came to the restrictions that were placed on set, because when they were making the original Flatbush misdemeanor, which, by the way, the web webisodes were all taken down once this was approved to become a TV series, and yeah. it was green. And they weren't sold as NFTs or anything? No, nothing like that. I, <laughs> I tried to find it for like the longest time until I finally came across an article that explained that um, the people that picked this up they just Showtime did just not want to show it to anyone else. Um, it's kind of like Annie Donna's thing, except their skits stayed up, and so you can find some of the stuff they did in the Netflix movie or what or TV show on online still. Right, but when it came to the restrictions, they felt like since they did the webisodes with no money, that they were able to kind of adapt to it a lot easier with than money. other people. <laughs> well, well, with money, yeah, but uh, not a lot of other I think were. Kevin and Dan scenes do come off really well, especially when Kevin starts going after Dan, being like, "You're still privileged, even though that you were even though that we're both poor now. Like you were raised in." Uh, a different part of Manhattan than I was um, where I've lived with this my whole life. And, and so the back and forth between those two, especially since they're sort of in the same place now, 
Right, and that's on purpose because not only did they obviously have a hand in writing also this, Kevin but... or Dan Dan's life sucks a lot because even though Kevin was going after him, like the fact that his stepfather is such a jerk to him and makes him call him daddy because yeah, before right, him, I saw that. Now. That was, yeah, it's just it's a tough life for both of them. Well, yeah, and they bought again they bought writers from those places to try and make those like fight scenes and just scenes in which fight they scenes. were well like argument scenes. I didn't see any fight scenes except or, for the... well, you saw the argument scenes and like yeah. just other things seem very realistic but kevin was kind of complaining a little bit about the fact that how when they were doing the webisodes it was easy for them to just go down to like maybe a train station and shoot a three second footage thing for a transition shot without people like crowding around yeah but here he was saying that they had to bring like dozens of people just to get a couple seconds of everything so that's part of the reason why i was trying to get a scope as to where the professional look professional look of the show came from because they still had to cut corners for example um one of the crewmates got lights at this light uh, light store that usually they needed for this mural that was painted by the crew um, and they only had a four thousand dollar limit and they had to end up spending three thousand five hundred dollars and when that crew member came back and gave back the lights they had to ask if they could like be reimbursed and like do <laughs> anything to try and get the money back yeah. so they were still on a tight scope but they felt like they really wanted to give a good sense because um, Brooklyn is not. How many episodes showed. is this? It's it's supposed to be ten episodes. And do you know how much they're they're uh, per episode that they have to use? No, but I don't think it's as much as other Showtime shows have. I think that this is one of those things where Showtime. Well, they don't it. demand a lot of special effects, so it can't be too bad. Well, yeah, and some shows like I just wanted to compare this to what was the Working uh, Place comedy that we did a long time ago. Uh, the two oh, creators that, of that they yeah, were also I, I starring know. in it. Like, it's yeah, funny oh, when oh, the... Cre- corporate. Yeah, corporate. So, like, whenever the creators are the main characters, it seems like they are very ingrained with what they're, they want to do. Well, yeah, so, I it mean, tends to make it better. I agree with you. I feel like if they, these two characters had just been written on a page and that these two actors had just been cast, they would have done a wonderful job if this had been the result. But more than likely, it this wouldn't have been the result. Well, this like, also, it wouldn't have come across. Yeah, this also well. reminded me of Final Space, where basically um, Showtime well, gave them... a guy named Kevin. Well, yeah, a guy named Kevin, but they... <laughs> gave them a ton of people to work with like uh, kevin and dan are no strangers to saying yeah we didn't know exactly what we were doing but we were just very glad that we had people to collaborate with that didn't know yeah that didn't know what they were doing because otherwise we kind of be a little bit lost do you know why they divided it up into parts because there were five parts in this you had part one which was a drew and then part two which was zayna part three was friends part uh four was kareem yeah, and I know that what they Where's said... Where's part five? I think I wrote part, down part five, but maybe there wasn't even a part five. Well, oh, part five was uh, a sad, depressed emoji. That's yeah, what it was. It wasn't like a, a name. <laughs> well, the reason why, why was because at the end of the pilot, they wanted not just for you to be focused on the two main characters. They wanted it to be where you got all the characters and you understood the neighborhood, almost like it's Bruno in that way because of where they were filming. Huh. Yeah, and yeah, how yeah. Many it's Bruno is also a good one because it's also New York related. Yeah, but they also wanted to have a little bit of a feeling of melancholy, like underlying each storyline. And did you get a good sense of that because that's what the new york yeah everybody was depressed and (laughs) so is this a show that you should watch if you're sad (laughs) yeah i I, because it would make you laugh um when dan first runs across kevin and learns about him owing this money kevin is in dan's apartment drinking straight from a vodka bottle and he pours him a glass it ends up being water i think that was shown in the trailer but then he says lines like you're depressed, Kevin. Uh, I can tell because you play chess with yourself. And then Kevin's like, there's nothing wrong with chess. And he's like, 
it's a two-person game. <laughs> um, yeah, they, they were supposed to like, kind of... And then he was like, yeah, this is water. And he's like, well, it looks dramatic. Yeah, so. they're, they're both stand-up comics. So they're supposed to kind of come in with big punchlines. But really, uh, it seemed like they wanted to go underneath the current themes of the show and kind of not be very preachy with it. But for example, Kevin Iso was saying that he wants to make a show that, yes, is funny, but that addresses the fact that maybe someone who commits a crime or has gone to jail not only deserves a second chance, but isn't always a bad person. Unless it's Drew. I really feel like Drew just is a bad person. Well, Drew might just be the, <laughs> Drew might just be the antagonist of the series. He even is. though from what it seemed like when he was doing that interview, he was really happy, by the way. He was way happier than I'd seen anyone who usually does reviews for, uh, or um, interviews for TV He's shows. like the, the show creator of them. The guy was so happy about his show he made. Yeah, and yeah. <laughs> Such a dark show. <laughs> well, comparing that with Kevin and Dan's personalities when looking at the interviews, I thought that maybe they weren't going to talk about the chemistry on set, but apparently Hassan Johnson is supposed to be the funniest one, and they were really happy to get him because not only was he just someone big He's from the, the most wire. animated. Right. Yeah. But the other people that they cast in the show were people from the webisodes themselves. So like they so they were really happy that they were able to not lose full creative control and kind of pick who they were wanted however kevin did say that he was a little he's quick to say no to things that other people direct that he creates but here he felt like it was okay because it kind of fit what they were trying to do mm-hmm what did the reviews say so far? So every single review that I've read, such as like the New York Times or like a newspaper, has said that it's a good show. It definitely has some kinks to work out. They actually pointed out Kevin's storyline as being maybe the thing that they, the writers should focus on most, but they like Dan's storyline. Uh, but on IMDb, it has not had a lot of ratings at all. It has a 5.9 there. And on Rotten Tomatoes, it has not been reviewed, but there is one tomato from RogerEbert.com that gave a glowing review of it. Was the New York Times review a full season review or only the episode? Uh, only the first three episodes were given to critics at the time, so I think it was. Just so the I'm first curious thing. what happens to Kevin's storyline because yeah, they they didn't show much of his art history here, but it, maybe they go further into that and it becomes more interesting. The part that confused me was that for a public school to have three vice principals, but to also have so many students who are failing out, it just seems like what is the thinking? Like is so much authority in one classroom really going well, to change things? I think that they wanted to address kind of the poverty area that they were in because they wanted to have well, How does having much... an extra vice principal help that? You have more control in that sense. That's not even my point. I just realistically didn't know that that was a thing, that you could have three vice principals for one school. It just seems weird logistically. Well, was there one that was like the main vice principal and they were assistants? We, we didn't see them all. We just saw the one that he had the crush on. And she was in the classroom reprimanding him sort of for leaving the classroom earlier and talking to the security guard. But did you like actually get a good sense of them or were they just characters? Well, her character, yeah. Because then she later called him from the hospital because the one girl who got slapped with the belt, uh, she wanted um, Kevin to, or sorry, Dan to come back and uh, get her. But... This was right after a conversation with Kevin and Dan where Kevin basically called Dan out for not for always being helpful, but not because he wanted to be a helpful person, but because he just didn't want to get people pissed off. Yeah, I mean, that, that makes sense. They, they kind of talk about how the two main characters aren't supposed to have a lot of stakes when it comes to these episodes. And they and they talked about if they were to get another season, that it wouldn't be like they would be solving world peace. They would probably Remember still Remember when we did the Roseanne stakes. show just a couple days the ago? The Connors? 
Well, I was talking about the Roseanne oh, show. Yeah. Like, literally in the season nine, when they went from being a poor family to one that won the lottery yeah. so that they could basically do anything they yeah. wanted. What if they this show got promoted for, like, five seasons? It was great. It was <laughs> low-key, down-to-earth. And then they win the lottery. They move to, like, Upper East Side Manhattan, and they become the next, like, Gossip Girl-type show where it's just, like, everybody's fraud- like using yeah, up yeah, their Yeah, I mean, they like would crazy. have to have a lot more of a budget than they do right now. Hey, six seasons and a movie. So what would you give this out of ten, this episode? Out of ten? Yeah. Yes. A two, but I'm rating it one to ten. Yeah, you really confused <laughs> me there. No, um, I would probably give it an eight or a nine. So. Eight or nine, okay. Well, I'm out of questions. Do you have anything else to say? Yeah, the spilled cough syrup, I assume it was like a drug cocktail or something, but it was the thing that Kevin spilled to that made him owe so much money. I feel like I missed exactly what the drug was. Um, or maybe I'm just stupid. But yeah, if someone could explain what that was, <laughs> let me know in the comments or whatever. Right. Um, thanks for listening. We'll see you on the next episode. Bye. Bye.